listen, you guys know that I don't know how to start this podcast. I don't want to do anything animated off the top. I really don't want to sound like I'm overdoing it. I don't want to sound, here's what I want to sound like. I don't want to sound like I'm an improv person that has a podcast about movie reviews. Do you know what I mean by that? Like they're just very enthusiastic at all times, but in a way that's like, are you half robot? Are you even real? Uh, so I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna be myself. I mean, whatever, I hope that's okay. That sounds corny, be myself. What am I like a anti-bullying? I don't know, is this like an anti-bully podcast now? Be yourself. Don't be afraid to be yourself. I hate that. I hate that too. Be a little bit afraid to be yourself. Like you shouldn't be 100% yourself at all. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to go into a tangent. Um, anyway, listen, this episode is honestly my favorite. I know every episode I'm like, this is my favorite episode. This is my favorite episode. Truly, this is my favorite episode um, specifically because I found something out about one of my best friends in comedy that I never knew before. And we connected on a whole other level. And I don't think we would have really talked about it unless she came on this podcast. And um, I'm, I don't know, whenever you make a discovery about somebody that you thought you knew, it's exciting. And um, yeah, so I think that's, that's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, two of my best friends in comedy are on this episode. And it is just jam packed with just fucked up stories. And <laughs> um, anyway, we weirdly grew up in the same area and actually two of us me and Olivia went to the same high school and Jacob lived just around the corner and uh we all frequented this mall that was near a high school that we went to and we only found out when we became friends in stand-up that we were all possibly walking around this mall at the same time just lost and confused and just struggling and uh and little did we know that we you know had this journey ahead of us that sounds so fucking lame but and corny but it's it's true um guys two of my best friends in comedy I don't know how many times I'm going to say that Jacob Balshin and Olivia Stadler are on this episode um Jacob uh tours the country with his trio jokes and tokes he's recorded for CBC Laugh Out Loud as part of the 905 Comedy Festival uh, and actually, we both opened for Rich Voss, and we did it together. And uh, that was a really interesting experience. <laughs> that was the first time I ever performed with the lights on in a venue. I don't know why Rich Voss prefers to perform in rooms where the fucking lights are on. It's just, it's weird. Like, you could fully see the crowd. Anyway, um, and we were also both fired from the same bulk barn. Isn't that amazing? Uh, and Olivia Stadler is on the podcast, who is a writer for Letterkenny. She's performed across the country doing stand-up and at Toronto's JFL 42 Comedy Festival. She has a monthly show at Comedy Bar here in Toronto called Literally Dead, which will return as soon as we're out of lockdown. Um, and I'm just so excited for you guys to hear this episode. So I'm not going to do any talking, any more talking. Uh, just... Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm so happy with this episode, and I, I hope you guys like it too. Uh, peace. Podcast? You just eating ramen on the podcast? <laughs> is that is this it? That's right. It's just happening. Okay. Just, 
let you guys watch me eat ramen. We have another 15 minutes of this and then and then that's it. She doesn't talk about her mental illness. She just demonstrates it by what she's saying. I like it. Get a Laraza. She, is is there, there? It's, yeah. it's just like soaked in Lorazepam. <laughs> LaCroix. Nice. Bubbly. Um, also, You're what is it? What? No, it's just here. Oh. You what is here. it? What is it with those with those drinks though? Like, why do you guys like them? I like, don't. I the appeal. It's like it's just sparkling water. Like, why? I'll tell you why. Olivia once described it to me like this. She said, when I drink it, it makes me feel like I'm drinking alcohol, which is a way of her saying she's an alcoholic. Exactly. It's like a vodka soda, but without the vodka. I see. So it makes you feel like you're at a party. Yeah, like it, it, it tastes bad, which is like, oh, it must be alcohol because it tastes bad. Oh, yeah. I see the connection. Okay. I feel like that's healthy. And I just like the way they look. I feel chic when I drink one of them. It's mm. something different to drink other than water. It's just like, you know, like when you're at night, I mean, you're not an alcoholic, so you don't know about this, but sometimes you'll be sitting at night and you're like, man, I want to drink. And yeah. you just like, like crave having a drink after dinner, like in the evening. Yeah. And then instead you just drink a bunch of these and it feels like you're having like, oh, this is a beverage. So is there something kind of- bitter about it? because <clears throat> i've tried the bubbly and i don't get that it's just straight up sparkling water no, they're not good it, like the, their flavor has nothing to do with the desirability factor of so- okay. soda water okay has nothing to do with it one of my friends <laughs> said that it's like she's like it's like i'm having a snack she's like i feel like i'm having a snack yeah it's oh, also wow. for perfect for eating disorders it's, it's that's what i said i was like disorders, this is- yeah so, and alcoholism so it just perfect. fills up your stomach with gas and then yeah. you feel full. I see. Okay. Well, so, how have you guys been? I okay. So you're getting a place together. Um, yeah. That's very exciting. I was gonna have you. I wanted to have you guys on the podcast for the sole purpose of you guys trying to convince me to move in with you guys. Because oh, I don't. Yeah. You know, I have like bullet point form, like a million reasons why I wouldn't want to move in with you guys. Even though I know that I said that I would want to, I definitely probably would never do that. Let's I have it. a million reasons why you shouldn't, too. <laughs> it's a pretty <laughs> shitty apartment. Number one, uh, the first reason why I didn't want to move in with you guys was because I was like, first of all, it would be so much fun. I get to live with my two closest friends in comedy. I think this is going to be amazing. But I'm like, I feel like I would wake up in the morning and you guys would just be having like mushroom, like psychedelic mushroom tea or something. What do you think about us? <laughs> what do you think about this, Juliana? What the fuck? Drink bubbly. Do you know how healthy and productive I am? I know I give off this image like I'm cool and I am crazy and I party, but I wake up, I'm so anxious from not being productive. I'm like working on a million screenplays and accomplishing tasks and I do Pilates and go for a run. And then okay. we get high at night. And then we get high at night. Oh, you guys are So will you, you guys, I would move in with you guys if you promise to not get high before my bedtime. Would you be yeah, able to do that after my bedtime? Yeah. But here's the thing. It's too late. We're moving out. What were your points for, what were your other points? That was a, that was a big one. That was a big and then, one. And the other one was more about like bedtimes. Like I know that our bedtimes don't align. So I'm like, am I going to piss you guys off in the morning if I start like working out in the living room and it's like way too early? Oh, you don't understand that there's a girl who lives above us and she screams all the time. Her favorite thing to do is scream. And when she screams, they lock her in the basement. They have a room in the basement right next door to my room. 
So there's a wall, and on the other side of the wall is just a screaming girl. So you couldn't do shit to me. I'm unfazed. Here, we went to the same school for a year. We, we crossed over a year, so I was in grade 12, you were in grade 9? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, uh, but I don't remember you at all. I don't remember I, you either. I probably just well, neither of us were popular, so it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, so me and Jacob had this show, and our the guy who owned the place... He uh, had this sketchy ass bar and then he also had like this weird paint store right next door. And uh, none of those places brought in any revenue. And me and Jacob were just like, hey, we're going to start a comedy show here and potentially bring in like most of your money, uh, (laughs) considering there's only like three people here having pizza on a Saturday night. And uh, he did not give a fuck. He was just like, did not care at all. He, yeah, we probably brought in at least like four thousand dollars worth of revenue in a night, or like three thousand dollars. Like it had to be like an insane number. And then he took he because we didn't know anything about starting a show because we'd never had a show before, and he asked for like what was it twenty percent of the door or something? Fifty percent of the door. Fifteen percent. Fifty. He actually he asked 50? for fifty. No, it was like a quarter, like thirty percent or whatever it was. No, I remember, Jay, I remember it being 50%. I know I'm not part of this, but yeah. that's- It was 50%? I just, yeah. I remember giving him an envelope with like $350 in it and being like, this is fucking wrong. This is theft. Yeah. I think we gave him way more than that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Wait, I think we probably gave him like $500. No. Clarify for the listeners, like the reason that they don't, Jay shouldn't have to split the door is because he's making so much money in food and drink sales. So usually people who own the venue don't take door sales. That right. usually goes to the comedians and the producers. Right. Yeah, and that's aren't how you make comics, your money. Weren't we supposed to, like, weren't we also entitled to, like, 10% of the bar or something? Yeah, you, that's how you said it. Like, not only do you usually get all of the door, you usually get some of the bar because all yeah. of those sales are you. Like, you brought yeah, them all in. They're only, like, 10 bucks, but, like, people, like, one drink is 10 bucks. Yeah. So, like, most of the money is food and drink. Yeah. And we're both just like so passive about it. Like we were just both sitting there being like, yeah, like we're just happy to be here, man. So like whatever you offer. And then I remember he walked away and he had like 50% or some like ridiculous number on the table. And then I was ready to just like take it because I didn't know anything. And then Jacob was just like, hey, maybe we should like ask for more of our own money. And I was like, okay, yeah. I wish I could have been there being your manager. You should have. So weird. Because I don't think I would have been like that at all now. I think I would yeah. have been so aggressive. Because if, if somebody was <laughs> just like... off for me. Sorry, Angela. Yeah. It, like, if somebody was like, hey, we want to take 50%, I would be like, you're uh, a criminal. You're a legit criminal stealing from children, trying to make an honest living. And uh, that's it. I'm not doing anything, any business with you at all. And um, it was just so funny. I think it was just, I don't know, so telltale of the time that we were in. You know? We ended up getting another venue and starting another show. And Juliana had a different show that night. So she couldn't come. And it was the worst show I've ever run in my life. I was Dude, all I have- alone, completely overwhelmed. There was a lady behind the bar. Okay, the bar did not give a fuck. It was a whole new venue. The bar did not care that we were doing the show. And there was a lady who was polishing the forks and the spoons. And every time she'd polish a fork or spoon, she'd just whip <laughs> it into the rest of the spoons. And you just hear it like explode through the room. So it was funny. brutal. It's so, funny. it's so funny when the people 
working at the bar restaurant you're doing comedy at just so don't respect you and you oh can just my tell. God. <laughs> I love that <laughs> it's one of the best feelings in the world they just didn't give a fuck and I like we thought this venue was fucking genius like we were like we hit the jackpot because they had all the equipment and then the man who we were talking to or the woman that we were talking to said that um they had like jazz there regularly so they're just like yeah our staff understands how to be quiet and whatever like they were really selling it to us like this was a performance space and then they had a door their door they had two doors okay so one you could walk through this like building come in through like this big door where you it wouldn't obstruct anything. Then they locked that door. So the only available door was right in front of the stage. So people were just constantly like Uber eats. People would just like walk in, walk by like a professional comedian. Also both my feature acts, I, it was three acts on the show. Both the feature acts canceled two hours before the show or like three hours before the show. One of them wasn't even in the in the city. He, he just messaged me. He was like, hey, by the way, I'm in Thunder Bay. And I was like, what? <laughs> Yo, I did not. I feel like I didn't know that. Yeah, I was in a panic state that day. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, I never. I really, I just kind of like hung you out to dry. I was like, forget it. See ya. Well, I got it. Eh, whatever. That happens. Um, it was an embarrassing show, though. We well, looked like awful producers. <laughs> doing that. Jesus fucking Christ. Thornhill is not like, it's crazy because like, all the bars in Toronto, I feel like for the most part are like, they understand like the arts in general. Like they have just like a basic understanding, just like a, a foundation of respect. Whereas like, if you start venturing out like in the suburbs where there's like zero comedy ever happening and it's hard to even find like a live music venue, like nobody gives a fuck. What's your it's worst, fun. what's your worst memory of having a crush in elementary school? Like what's your worst crush experience? Like I had a guy like throw mud in my mouth, like straight up. I was in like grade seven and, uh, <laughs> and I told this guy that I liked him. Like I passed him a note in class and then he never responded. So brave. Yeah, you no, I was really like brave. Him. Like I was brave and ugly. Like I was really gross. And, uh, and then he ended up just like launching like a mud rock across the thing and it like hit me in the mouth. And then I was like, oh, okay. So I guess it's, I guess it's no. Wait, how old? Uh, I was like 13. Okay, that's actually brave because the thing is, it's like I feel like when you have crushes, when I had crush, what was communion age? Is that grade two or grade three? I am not sure. I think it's maybe grade two. One of those. Anyways, that age, it's like when you have a crush on someone, it's just harder to hide because you're so young. Yeah. I had a crush on a guy, and we were doing our communion classes, which is basically you just practice singing songs like like a sunflower, like those ones. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I'm always been bad at singing. Bad at singing now is bad at singing back then, but I didn't know I was bad at singing. So I was just, I loved singing. I was just belting out the song and he was sitting right in front of me and he turned around. And he's like, can you stop singing so loud? Your voice is really bad. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. and then another kid that I had a crush on who was from Armenia. He was an exchange student and he wasn't cool when he first got there. So we were friends. Um, so I remember once I was like drawing like a huge, like, you know how desks, like I thought it was amazing that you could just draw on your desk and then just erase it. I was like, this is like a beautiful canvas for like artistic. <laughs> I was like, I drew like a princess in a tower and like a dragon and a prince coming to rescue her, like this magic, ma huge portrait on my desk. Yeah. Um, and then like, as soon as I was done, he said, 
he put up his hand and he's just like miss olivia's drawing on her desk and then i'm just like manically trying to erase the whole thing it's like this huge like people draw flowers on their desk but i would draw like massive portraits yeah and then once he started getting cool he stopped hanging out with me as much and then him and all the cool guys came up to me and they're like you don't wear a bra yet i was in grade three or four no. like yes i do and then he pulled my shirt down and everyone saw my little tits and then he's what like the and then they I all laughed at me ass. i don't remember his name oh, but if you're yeah, listening shout out. oh my fucking god that's so traumatic we should cancel him holy shit so and then what happened after that like were you like traumatized by it Honestly, I don't think, I don't really remember that that much. I don't remember what happened after, but I do remember like he was my only friend because I was kind of a loner. I didn't really know how to make friends in elementary school. So he was my only friend because he had just moved from Armenia or, or something like that. But then because he started getting acclimated, like he made friends and I still didn't. So he became friends with the cool kids and then I had no friends and then they made fun of me, I guess. They're probably like, why are you friends with her? She doesn't even wear a bra. <laughs> argument and first I was where I was made fun of by boys 10 times more than I was I was almost never made fun of by girls it was always by the boys and it was always comments about your tits and ass as soon as we're literally children yeah yeah, you're literally children like I look at like I have cousins that are in like grade eight and grade seven I'm like you guys are illiterate like how was I made fun of for like (laughs) <laughs> not having tits at that age like you act you're so you can't read like it's crazy and uh I remember like because I went to a Catholic elementary school they there was like a group of guys that like whenever I walked by would sing Lamb of God which is like this Bible hymn because they thought I looked like Jesus they told me that I was Jesus <laughs> and I had, like, wavy hair and they also called me, this is, they called me the no tits, no ass girl. That's what they called me. Isn't that wow. so creative? Yeah. They were just That's like, very creative. Isn't That's that very creative? creative yeah. And that only happened at the Catholic elementary school that I went to that never happened. Like bullying literally was not a thing at the public school next door. And then the Catholic school was just like the most criminal children. Yeah. When I moved elementary schools because I was getting bullied too much I moved to a public school where I actually made friends and I didn't get bullied anymore so that was nice yeah it because diversity exists there and there is literally yeah. no diversity at those catholic schools like it's insane it's true and then they like, like pick little things out that are wrong about you yeah that are different about you because everyone is so the same right yeah Jacob were you ever made fun of in uh, elementary school no, I was cool. You guys sound like fucking losers. Jacob was, cool <laughs> was cool. Were you actually? You were cool? Really, yeah, I was a cool kid. I could have any girl I wanted. I was living it up. It was the prime of my life. I peaked in like grade four. Also, yeah, Jacob's this- trajectory was like cool. We were, me and Aunt Julian are losers. Grade four, grade three, Jacob's cool. And then like, as we started to get to high school, like we were maybe like evening out a little bit. University, I'm the fucking hot, sexy girl. Jacob's a fucking loser. <laughs> and now we're in comedy, so I don't know if that exists anymore. I, um, so Jacob, you were you were cool in elementary school. Like, were you ever bullied in elementary school, or high school? No, I bullied kids. I feel like a piece of shit for what I used to. Actually, be. you were like you bullied. I'm, kids. I'm sure I would have called you no ass, no tits, Rodriguez, if everyone was doing that. Also, no that's a way. great stage name. Did it ever get like physical for you? Like, was that the most? No, like, I was. Still? I would never like 
bullying in my school was kind of like more emotional trauma towards kids I think I think I just fucking like I'm very good at tearing a person apart like verbally still like as a comic <laughs> but I had those okay. skills way too young <clears throat> just to interrupt you for one second and then we'll come right back to it so hold on to that thought I feel like most comics though are like I haven't met one comedian that didn't have a hard time in like elementary school or high school or was I had like, a hard time in high school yeah that's what I'm saying like I haven't met one comic that didn't have that and I feel like the reason that we're so good at being able to see through people right away is that kind of like defense mechanism from like our early childhood just like working up again I just want to know like I guess some girls you know the girls in elementary school like who were developed before like I like we had little kid bodies and then there were some girls who like had tits and ass and like looked like adult women already yeah they were my big sisters like if you had bigger tits than me in elementary school you're my big sister and then if you have smaller than me then you're a little sister kind of thing you know what I mean that's that's how you guys wow that's pretty looking at me like we know we don't know what you're talking about so what was it like for real like you guys like was it known or was it just like you thinking that like that was your no, it was just the vibe like if you had big tits in elementary school like you were like the mentor to the girls who did not you're the mentor and, like, you, you, were, the silly you, you acted like you were older like and I loved those girls like they were my mentors they taught me about like getting fingered like they because they were getting had tits they were getting fingered already whereas like then some of us we were just still wearing like Paul Frank t-shirts and not getting fingered like not even really understanding what that means I had no idea. I remember being in, I was like 14 and one of my big tit sisters told me that she was like, they were gossiping about one of my other big tit sisters. And they were saying something about like how she gave hand. And I was like, in, I was like, oh, they were holding hands. Like, that's not that bad. And they're like, no, it actually is not that. Is that, does anyone say that giving hand? I thought that that was a thing at my elementary school. That's what I, that was the big thing. Giving face. It's so weird the way some people are ready for that so much sooner. Like I wasn't even ready to consider sex until I was like, I don't even think I thought about sex until I was like 18 and I didn't even accept it until I was like 19, 20. Yeah. It took a long time to even like think of that and be okay with it. So I don't know how people, I mean, everyone's different obviously. Yeah, everybody's different. I didn't even see men until I was like, yeah, 19, 20. Like I had oh. friendships with like guys, but I didn't think of any of them romantically. I, had I was romantic. Friends. I had so many crushes, insane crushes, like really? insane crushes growing up, never sexual. Yeah. It was just love, just pure yeah. love. Pure love. Just like, I, I just want to hold your hand and walk through a park. Although yeah. I had, I almost exclusively had crushes on guys I'd never talked to. Hmm. Um, I was gonna ask you guys I asked this question to everybody um, do you guys meditate or what are your what are you guys doing for your mental health right now like what's your routine do you do face masks do you do baths I can't what? meditate Olivia thinks that like Olivia Lorazepam. perfect Olivia goes no, what is that? No, this is my Zoloft it's different I'm what convinced is, I can't it? meditate oh sorry go for it Look you're convinced that you can't meditate yeah I can't do it I probably could but honestly like the idea of trying to be calm makes me anxious like I don't I've never been calm so like sitting down and being like let's be calm it's like all right now I'm at like the most anxiety because I I don't know how to be calm so it just makes me anxious 
like you feel like the, like it needs to be done a certain way in order to achieve the calmness like you, I'm just never calm I'm always anxious yeah and sure I probably should be taking those pills but I, I'm but you shouldn't be taking those pills it's like if you're that anxious and the idea of meditation scares you then you should try to get into it I don't know I don't know me when I hear like the people who do meditate, like do, when I hear like their voices, I automatically hate them. I I can't hate them. Like it. you just you hate their personality. Oh and, yeah. Like you just know everything about them. If you've ever said the word chi, I probably hate you. Right. But it's like that's such a cynical. Like just because like it's so un, like it's uncool to you on some level, you're gonna write uncool. off. The actual- I don't live my life trying to be cool. I live in a basement. It's not that yeah, but you are trying to be cool in the sense that like you like whatever is like too basic or too whatever is a write off to you. But it's like you're discrediting all of the good elements that come with meditation and like obviously I don't do meditation, but you got to be more open minded. I think that's discrediting your it. It just doesn't work for me. That's you tough. haven't tried it but i have that's not true i've done yoga no you haven't trying to meditate you gotta try it every day my life you can't deny my, i'm actually i'm leaving the zoom chat <laughs> 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 i've had enough of this i'm not moving in with you i turn off the zoom chat <laughs> never see you again i just go meditate so you get turned off immediately because you're just like i like is it because you think that you can't do it or like it's just like when are it you what makes you feel to me. what makes you feel the most calm uh working out getting high doing? getting stoned for sure yeah. yeah that's it that's it getting okay. stoned that's my calm that's nice but even then i'm still anxious because then i'm like oh who the fuck's that <laughs> i'm always like if we're walking around at night everything scares me start getting paranoid oh yeah i'm very paranoid but i i don't know i don't think anxiety is as bad as it's made out to be i think you can use okay, it in up. ways that help you i in my experience with my anxiety, some people have much worse anxiety oh yeah for sure and but with my level of anxiety i've learned to live with it and i i think i've had it from such a young age that it's just there you know what i mean but yeah fair enough it's like uh yeah i guess you're just used to it being there so you've learned to like function with it i guess pretty much that's interesting. Have you ever like gone to therapy about it or talked to anybody about it or just kind of like? I went to one therapist, but not for that, just to talk to him and he sucked. Olivia, what's your routine like? Do you have a routine or what is, what's your thing? Um, yeah, I've had to go on anti, like I, uh, my, is this like about like just like a general question about my mental health? Cause I got yeah. a lot to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really rely on exercise for my mental health really 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 rely on exercise otherwise I can start feeling myself get anxious and just like deterioration on so many fronts um it is interesting because I've been doing mostly like hit workouts and like Pilates and stuff like that which Pilates is great because there is like a yoga meditative element to it which I do really enjoy the breath the breath work and the like be- becoming centered I really enjoy but I work I ran on my parents treadmill a few weeks ago and got so emotional and I was like holy shit like this is like the piece that I had forgotten about and like it was just like I I I need to start running I'm like I really rely on this but for this I rely on this for my mental health for feeling good in my own skin um so I gotta start running again I talked to my therapist about it today I'm also in therapy um 
when the pandemic started, I used to have OCD as a kid and maybe that's why I didn't have a lot of friends, but I was like, I couldn't smell other people's lunches. Like it would make me, so I had to eat alone. Like it would gross me out. Like I couldn't look at certain things. I, I was, would wash my hands until they were bleeding, things like that. And I like, think I, I got it. Not, I didn't know that about you. That's, um, yeah. that's crazy. I can relate to that so much. So sorry, continue. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm curious to hear more about yours after, but, um, I, yeah, I had pretty bad OCD and I think that's why I became so kind of like disgusting and disorganized as I grew older as kind of like a way to counteract my OCD. And as soon as this pandemic happened and I was like, oh, you have to start being clean again. I became psycho. I was cleaning the floors multiple times a day, washing my hands like crazy, being extremely paranoid about everything. And now my OCD is manifesting more in like being controlling within my relationship of my space like if I'm sitting on a couch and someone's like foot is too close to me I'm like my OCD is back in full gear and that's why I've had to go on antidepressants because apparently that helps with anxiety too and it definitely is helping but I talked I've been talking to my therapist about like ways to get my OCD under control because I did have it under control for so many years like it wasn't obvious anyone who knows me would never been like you know she's not OCD because I really wasn't Mm -hmm. um so hopefully it goes away again but as far as long as COVID is happening and my life feels so out of control I feel like I'm going to be this control freak right so yeah I'm trying to do everything I can like I take a lot of vitamins like I don't know if you have this apparently this is good for OCD I think you said you have OCD right oh yeah girl it's called called knack okay let's be good for your brain I actually have noticed a difference real I recommend it I'm gonna take a picture yeah I'll, I'll take a picture. Like yeah, yeah. Send me a picture. Yeah. Uh, and also B complex. Cause I talked to my doctor about this, obviously. So she said, start taking B complex every day and uh, the knack. And I actually have noticed a difference plus omegas. Yeah. So I found that this, the mix of the supplements, the medi- um, medication, um, exercising, and just staying busy have been good for my mental health, but I am still, for the record of fucking mess and my like level of intensity and being controlling have been skyrocketing. So I'm still looking for opportunities to fix that. Maybe meditation is the answer. I think I'm going to start running again. I think that it really has to do with the law with this pandemic has put me in rough shape, but I'm trying. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you said so many interesting things that like I can relate to so much like, first of all, do you, um, and I guess you, you mentioned that you do, like, I'm picking up on, like, warning signs that, like, my OCD is starting to come back because it's, like, okay, this happened, now this happened, now this happened. It's, like, I'm kind of waiting for the pot to boil over. Um, like, one of those things is, like, mine is with, like, like, when I was younger, has, well, yours, you mentioned has changed like when yours when you were younger it was about washing your hands do you still wash your hands like compulsively no I think I became like almost a dirty person to counteract how like I was so like I wouldn't like I would rewash my forks like I wouldn't trust any like cleanliness I was rewashing dishes um like when you were younger or anything yeah. that fell on the ground pardon when I was younger yeah I was mm-hmm. very very like a, a germaphobe I didn't like anyone touching any of my food or like being close to me. I didn't like the smells of other things. I think I was like kind of personal space oriented. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Isn't that so interesting though? Like (laughs) OCD takes so many different forms and it's like everybody has their own unique experience. Like I think 
from people that don't have it or aren't, I guess, like well-versed in mental illness, um, they think that OCD is mostly just like, just germs or like, it's just uh, like counting or it's like whatever they have in their mind of, of like what OCD is, or like, they think it's just someone who's like not fun, which isn't entirely not true. But when I was younger, mine was always with like excessive worrying and like obsessive, oh. like OCD is obsessive compulsive disorder so it's like any exactly and mine was always with catastrophic like thinking so like I remember being like super young and being in elementary school and having to leave my friends at recess because I had a feeling that like my mom got into a car accident before she got to work today so I would start like crying and like going to the principal's office to like call her and make sure she was okay and if she didn't pick up like I had like a full meltdown like I fully thought that she was dead in a car accident and I was like right about it and I didn't realize how I mean because you're young at the time and my parents I guess didn't know what it was and then like over time as I got older it just played out into other areas and I got like really obsessive with like making sure the door was locked like five times before I went to sleep and making sure like the straighteners I'm a checker yeah I'm a huge checker my thing was about like stoves like I had this thing where I thought that I left the stove on, even though like I would, <laughs> I would take pictures with my phone of the fucking stove before I left my house and check it while I was at work or while I was on the bus or whatever to make sure that it was That's on. a good one. I'm going to start doing the picture actually. Cause what I've been doing is before I leave the house, cause this is still, the, the stove is a big problem for me. I touch all of the elements. Yeah. Like, Remember you didn't feel it was hot yes. therefore. And then I stick my arm in the oven to be like, none of it was hot. You would have remembered if it was hot. So isn't that like that's so, it's so bad. And it ended up, um, and because like I had that, then it boiled over to the point where I couldn't do road gigs. I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't leave like Thornhill, Toronto, because I didn't want to be anywhere that was like foreign, like in case something bad happened to me and whatever that thing was changed every time I was out. Um, and it was just like, it was just in like, obsessive worrying about anything at any given time to the point that it like made me sick and I didn't realize how much of a grasp it had on my life until I started throwing up and then when the symptoms become physical is when I started to get help because before that I was just like okay well I just have this weird thing where I take pictures of the stove it doesn't affect my life at all and then eventually when did you get help like are you talking therapy and medication therapy yeah when did, when I, did you start? You started therapy pretty recently, didn't you? I, was I with started Juliana therapy um, a, a year and a half ago. She did my yeah. podcast in a forest. Yeah, that's uh, exactly. And before I did my first therapy session, I had a, I was, I threw up in front of Jacob. We went on a walk in the summer. <laughs> it was and awesome. I threw up in front of a group of old ladies in a Old bush. Asian women were just walking by and Juliana just threw up right in front of all of them they were so confused yeah. do you remember what you were anxious about that day um at that point it had just gotten so bad that I forgot what I was even anxious about and it was now just a feeling and it was just like an adrenaline just like an overwhelming release of adrenaline that I, I guess had nowhere to go in my body and it just made me feel nauseous and sick and I would throw up in defense of Juliana's anxiety, she also did eat a large amount of mango ice cream and then down a Starbucks breakfast sandwich within like <laughs> 20 minutes of each other. 
So I, that I, could have also been a lethal combination combined with the anxiety. That's true. It was very cheesy. I've witnessed, I've watched Olivia's OCD firsthand, and I, I, I don't think people with OCD would really ever, like, I don't think Olivia would adjust if I wasn't there. Because it, once it starts affecting another person, I think that's when you start taking accountability for it. Like, mm. I've gotten so mad at her, like, we're like 40 minutes away from her house, like on like a long drive. And she's like, we have to go back and check the stove. And it's like, no, no, we don't. Like, if your place burns down, I don't give a shit at this point. I'm not losing 40 minutes. I don't care. Olivia, I didn't know that you had this. This is crazy. Yeah, dude. This, we are the same. We're the exact same person. I th- I have made people turn around. Like, I don't care where we are on the trip. I've made them turn around to be like, no, like, I don't, I don't remember shutting the stove off. I check like, now. I yeah. check so she can't mm-hmm. say anything. That's the thing is Before I just need Jacob because it helps. And that's the thing is like, you're, you're actually right. I haven't thought about that. Like the accountability factor of having you in my life, like who knows if I would adjust. Like the fact that you're like losing time in your life or that like you have to sit in a certain spot of the couch because I am like, so OCD. But I would kill for the OCD that just makes you clean because I'm also a fucking mess. Like I'm so disorganized. Yeah. My room's and a fucking the worst kind of OCD. I'm just checking the stove a hundred times instead of folding <laughs> my shirts. It's oh not even God. productive. It's yeah, not the rest even of the productive. House is on fire. The rest of the house is on fire. I wish, yeah. Oh man, that's insane. So when I started going to therapy, have you thought about talking to a therapist about it at all? I, I do talk to her about it. I talk to her about everything. Okay, Olivia's good. therapist told her she's a, one of her most fast, the, one of the most fascinating people she's ever talked to today. She said, I have so many layers and I couldn't focus on anything else during the session for the rest of the session. Cause I was just like, I'm fascinating. Oh my God. That's amazing. Isn't that such a fucking anyway. So the first therapist that I was seeing, you're taking not... that away from us, Jacob. Oh, my therapist was waiting. My therapist told me he knew Olivia and also fell asleep during all my sessions. So, I mean, at least you guys got nice things said to you. I remember you telling me about him and you were just like, yeah, I went for a walk with my therapist. I was like, you're you can go for a walk with a therapist? No, I didn't go for a walk with my therapist. He had a program where for $25 an hour, you could go on a walk with him and do the session on a walk, which is like him just trying to save money on an office space. But it's also like so funny to just think of me and some 60-year-old man tr- <laughs> like strolling down Eglinton while I cry about my dad. <laughs> uh, also... What a weird, that's like weirdly cheap. Like, wouldn't they charge you more to go for a walk because it's a, it, it requires now physical activity. Like it's more for them, more work for them to do. I think it's just so he doesn't fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Juliana, now that we're on the topic of the basement again, and in light of what you just said about your OCD and like, that's really interesting. And it gives me like new insight to like your reservations to moving in anywhere because you have all these issues and like control problems and anxiety couldn't you, you like stand a chance down here i don't think that's true i think <laughs> you have like a very like, alive i think it's very low stakes but i understand that your anxiety is catastrophic thinking so yeah and then i feel bad like especially because we're in the pandemic so i feel bad imposing like if i was to live with somebody and I like I don't want to be asking them like okay like where are you going 
Well, like, the thing about me and Jacob is we actually would be a good match for you because I know that you got you think we're reckless yeah. and crazy. We actually are very, very safe and responsible. Yeah. Yeah. And we're yeah. not going anywhere. Like we I'm don't like, go near our family. Like we we yeah. we see our families from a distance kind of thing, and that's it. Yeah. I no, haven't I hugged my mommy in a while. I don't trust anybody else. Like I don't trust so, anybody. What and that's another thing about this pandemic is like, holy fuck. When it first started, I thought that, cause do you remember I saw you guys at my show? So I was like, cause we, I had just been out that weekend and I was convinced that like, I got it somehow through one of the shows that I was out at. Yeah. Probably and the one we were on where me and Olivia were both really sick. Yeah. You guys are both really sick. And I was like, oh fuck. I was like, they probably had it for sure. And I was like, whole like my I started giving myself symptoms the amount of anxiety that I had about it like I my giving yourself symptoms up on me. oh my I had and I've had so much anxiety that it has actually given me like low-grade fever like you don't feel it but my temperature is like 37.5 when I came out of the, I went to the hospital when COVID first started because I had mono and I overdosed on Tylenol because I'm cool mm-hmm. and so I did go stay in the hospital and when I was there, I got COVID tested like probably two times. Yeah. And then I came home and Olivia was convinced I had COVID and was like screaming at me that I had COVID and I had to go back and get tested and wouldn't go near me and would just like yell at me. And if I said I didn't have COVID and they te- like, that's how like, I guess like it came out for like, it's part of our OCD, but it, it was wild just to see like a human try and grapple with what was going on who's like had other stuff at like it manifested so many other things mentally yeah I uh am kind of like embarrassed of this but there was one time where my mom and my stepdad had a a guest over and I was like I just left in a storm like I just literally left I've been there Olivia cried yeah I I I literally went and cried like it was fucking dramatic I mean like did the same thing yeah 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 it just shows how it's weird the way I don't know I think I was traumatized it sounds like you were too traumatized by this pandemic it really brought out a lot of uh repressed mental illnesses and it's weird to grapple with all of it and then have anti-maskers call us stupid cucks or whatever the fuck when it's like I don't know like I don't understand not to get on like an anti-masker rampage like I get where they're coming from I totally do like like the social control of like everyone wearing a mask when it's really only killing like 98% of people are completely fine like I get the argument but like why are they mad at people who are struggling with like mental issues and like afraid because we were traumatized you know what I mean yeah and it's just like I don't know like I'm just wearing my mask because I I don't know what's up and neither do you. And like, let's not like yell at each other. Yeah. I, don't 100%. Know. I hate the word like fear mongerer. It's like, okay, you can't live in fear of it. It's like, I, that is easier said than done. It's like, I get it. You don't have any pre-existing mental conditions towards this, but for somebody that does, it's a very, very difficult thing to, yeah. I don't think that there's any, there's no way to overcome it, but you can manage it. And there's like some days that are better than others. And right. like, that's we'll literally all that you can do. But like, I'm not, I'm not going to like snap out of it one day and be like, oh, fuck. Well, I guess never, like, I won't even sit on like an outdoor patio. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm, I will not sit outside with 
anybody even though it's outside like I'm like I forget it I can see and then it sucks too because that shit I can feel affecting me too because then when I do spend time with friends outside because like I've had to lighten up because being so strict about the pandemic made me worse it really made my mental health worse and then when I would see friends I would be like holy shit like that was so good for my mental health to see people and it just feels like a breath of fresh air I just feel so much better I feel lighter and I feel so good and then at like 1 a.m just like the doom will kick in and I'll be like why did I do that I'm such a fucking idiot and then it's the catastrophic thinking I'm just like okay well now I have to wear a mask around my house because if I give this to my mom and she gets sick and dies like what am I gonna do how am I gonna live with myself I'm gonna have to quit comedy it's gonna be this whole thing and I'm like that's where my mind goes like my, my mind goes like to another dimension and it's just like the one thing that is, and what I was, sorry, what, what I was going to say before is the first therapist that I had, um, I told her, I had just gotten back from vacation in Cuba after like a, a week of just consistently throwing up because I was just like, I felt trapped and scared. And I was like, I'm away from everything that I know. And I'm in a, I'm on a fucking Island in the middle of the ocean. Like, this is crazy. Anyway, it was like this whole thing and uh very dramatic and then when I got back I started seeing a therapist and I mentioned that when I was younger I had all these like weird tics and like I had all these like weird meticulous things that I would do and she did not think anything of it she didn't even think it was OCD like she did not think anything of it at all and we were just working through like emotional issues she's like oh you probably felt like this because you felt alone as a kid when you were doing and it's like maybe that was true and there was some validity in that but as soon as I started seeing a therapist that like specialized in, in uh, anxiety, he diagnosed me right away. He was like, oh yeah, you have OCD. And I think I was with you when you got diagnosed. I think you got diagnosed in the forest. In the forest on your podcast? Not on my, I think. We uh, no, no. Yeah. Podcast. Like I called but him, I, I talked to yeah. him on the phone. Yeah. I, I, cause it was, so a friend recommended him to me. And uh, just off a whim, I called him while I was with you because I was like, I feel nauseous again. Like, this is fucked. I can't handle this anymore. So I called him and uh, yeah, he was able to like talk me down from it a decent amount. And it's crazy that like, it's amazing like what seeing the right therapist uh, can actually do for you. It's like not every therapist is is right for you just because they're a therapist. It's like, you kind of have to like make your rounds and you don't have to feel embarrassed about it or anything. It's just like- it is what it is you know there should be like a speed dating show with both like therapists <laughs> yeah like a love yeah. island but for like patients the right therapist for you. but that's crazy olivia i didn't know that about you yeah dude yeah that's crazy like we have the same exact thing with the oven and stuff like and having to come back and check yeah okay so this is like it's like i was talking about like warning shots i know that like i'm starting to feel like I need to talk to somebody again when I start compulsively checking the stove. And so like it went away for like a good like eight months and now it's like slowly starting to come back. And I'm just like, okay. So like the other day I was at my grandfather's house and I made pierogies on the stovetop and I shut it off. And I do the thing where like, when I go to shut it off, I say to myself, I'm like, okay, stove is off. Then I'm like, you, you remember you said it, it's off. Do you do this ever? Sometimes when I turn it off, I'll do like the stove is off. And then I'll be like, remember you did that dance? So like you wouldn't have done that dance. I go like, I just like do a dance routine or something. So I remember that stove's off, which is fucked. I don't want to have to do that. And, and you know, it's funny that you say that 
I'll let you come back to what you're saying. I'm sorry. But the fact that you know your OCD is acting up by the fact that you're checking the stove again, like I haven't stopped being crazy about the stove. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's when I know I'm, I think in like a year or two, I'm going to look back at this time and be like, oh, she was fucked during that time. I've been, yeah. Anyways, go on. Yeah. If Olivia has her hair curled, I'm like, oh fuck, we're going home today. (laughs) We're going home today. Yeah. Check the curling irons not on. (laughs) Dude, like, God, you're speaking about like, was it always like this before pandemic before the pandemic or is it something that has come about more recently the stove yeah. and the curling iron were have, have been like they've taken times in my life where I've been obsessed with it um and I'd like to give out a shout out to Keith because he lives right near me and I've had him come check for me for a couple times yeah um but it's not like a thing that you can keep doing like you can't get your friends to check every time so you right. have to like take accountability and figure it out it yeah. sucks when we're enjoying the night and it comes up. Yeah. And but that's like, when oh, it always comes up. She's that's obsessing over this. Like the, her mind should not be on this at all. We're like drinking or like having fun or doing magic mushrooms, as Juliana says, in, <laughs> in her den. Yeah. And she's just like obsessively talking about how she thinks her left her curling iron on. It's like, I, I don't think you did. Like, the weird thing is like there's never been call a case me. when you when you leave the house and you think that you left the stove on or you left the starter on literally call me i will be able to talk you out of it because i know yeah. my therapist is like he is so good like the first thing he told me he was just like well first of all just understand that you have a condition and knowing that you have a condition also helps because you're just like oh i couldn't have left the stove on this is a condition that i have and also, I have never left the stove on in my life. I have never left the house and left the stove on. Why would this be a new thing that happens in my life? You know what I mean? I find it funny because I leave the stove on all the time. <laughs> I'm so dumb with leaving the stove on. I've done it. I literally did it the other day. I made like these ri- this rice and peas and like put so much time into it. And then like just left the house and just left it on and ruined all of it. And my roommate was like, hey, you left the stove. Like, and I've never thought about it. I don't even, it didn't even cross my mind the stove existed once I left. Wow. I need it. I wish wow. I could take some of yours. What I, I would, what I would do to live like that, I swear to God. Well, um, that's what's weird is our stove or curling, it's never been on, which is why when she's like that, I'm like, we're not going back. Because it's like, if it was the case that when we went back, it was on, I would start being like, okay, I guess we got to do this. But literally it's probably been 15 times we've gone back, maybe not from like long distances, but like even just walked back in the house and it hasn't been on. It's like, okay, like it's not on. Yeah. Uh, the and stove is not on. That's a good episode title. The, the stove is not, not on. on. That's what I'm going to do. Jacob, Olivia, and Juliana talk about how the stove is off. It I mean, bro- mine's cool. probably on. Um, Can you guys start worrying about my stove? Yeah, I'm going right to I'm gonna start calling you and making sure that your stove is off. That's It's actually going to work out when me and Olivia live together. Oh, yeah, I'll well, balance the stove out. on and she'll turn it off. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, yeah. And then, um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So, I made pierogies at my grandfather's house and I called the house at like 1.45. As soon as I put my cell phone down to go to sleep, I got the thought of, oh, fuck. Do you remember you made pierogies today? You probably left the stove on. And then I called the house at like 1.45, woke up my aunt 
woke up the whole fucking house because I told them to go and check the stove to make sure it was on. And that happened recently. So I was like, girl, you, you have to be stressed out. There has to be underlying issues here that you you're not dealing with because it's starting to happen. Like, I don't do that ever since I started working on it and that I've been made aware of it. I haven't been doing it for like the last seven months. And now that coming back, I'm like, you must be stressed again. I wonder if that's why you eat such gross shit. Is because you're like, I don't want to use the stove. I can only use, use the, the microwave. microwave. <laughs> that's off. It beeps. Throw a hot dog in there. Throw it in some ramen. Yeah. Have myself a meal. Right. That is um, why I I can't relate to this at all. Like it's, I feel like I have so many mental health issues, but they manifest in such different ways than both of you. Although me and Olivia both like, and you all have depression, but I feel like because comedy doesn't exist, it's like a whole new form of depression I've never had where it's like, I usually feel bad because a room full of people made me feel shit about myself. But now I'm like, I miss that. Right. I don't have OCD though. Good on you guys. I, so Jacob, what is the thing that I guess like what, so me and Olivia have OCD. What is, what is your most prominent mental illness? Depression. I'm yeah. De- Olivia can attest to this. I just get very depressed out yeah. of nowhere too. I'm I not, I'm, like a, yeah. I don't have like a trigger. I just get very depressed and like, I don't know. You know I, the thing I is, I, I don't think it. you're pinpointing your depression points. Cause here's the thing is like you pinpointed the one of uh, sleeping in late. That one's bad for you. But I think that you'll start to realize like, oh, when I exercise, I feel better, but you don't exercise enough to know that that mentally affects you when you're not active enough. I agree. And I disagree. I don't think I value exercise as much as Olivia. And I don't. Because you've never really gotten into it. It would help you. Trust me. I have gone into it. I used to be jacked. And I talk about when I used to be jacked. Oh my God. He was jacked for two months and he talks about it so much. It's like, yeah, we were all jacked for two months. (laughs) We're all (laughs) jacked. We've all been jacked for two months. I wasn't any any happier when I went to the gym every day. It just gave me a reason. Yeah, that's because we were broken up. Of course you weren't happy. (laughs) That part I was happy about. (laughs) Didn't have to check the stove anymore. It was great. (laughs) I save all my time and go to the gym. I think my depression comes out of, like, uh, not being funny. Like, when when I hit, like, cold streaks on, like, at, like, Twitter, like, stuff like that. And I just feel like I'm... I don't know. I feel like that's where all my depression lies. I don't really get it from other things, I don't think. So your depression lies with like career stuff? Oh yeah, fully. Okay. And then just like my lifestyle, like I live in this basement. That's why I'm excited to leave it. I think when you live in like a I used to have no windows. Then I moved into another place. Olivia can attest to it. It was the grossest place I've ever been. Oh my it God, where was it? literally had rats. It, my is it the one room. here that was like near me? Like when you, when yeah. you, when you did well, the like, voice? I lived in the same house. I lived at the basement and then I moved up to the, the floor above the basement. So I was in the same house. I don't know at what point in time we hung out. Probably when I was in the upper floor. Yeah. But I had rats. I had a roommate who I didn't know either of my roommates' names and they were very aggressively mean and it gave me like anxiety to be there. So I think my living situations have always been like a source of depression, but I, I, I think I'm, I don't know. Olivia might think otherwise, but I think I'm pretty- You know what? I actually think Jacob is more mentally healthy than one might think. And I'm much less mentally healthy than one might think. Yeah. You know? 
I am I also think less I'm- mentally healthy though. I don't know what people think when they meet me, but I'm definitely not as mentally healthy. I feel like people think that I'm like, I have gotten comments where people are like, oh yeah, you really have your shit together or whatever. It's like, I don't even know what that means. Like in, no tits, in no ass, no what? chill. What's that? No tits, no ass, no chill. That's right. Well, <laughs> That's another good and- episode title. No tits, no <laughs> ass, no chill. <laughs> Um, no kids, so, no ass, no service. Uh, so Jacob, so you were saying no tits, no ass. <laughs> that's a funny. I'm tweeting it right now. No tits, no, no ass, ass, no ass, service. It's so funny. This is what it's all about, right here. It's funny. I just think yeah. like fucking. I would agree that if someone was to pick a lineup of who's the most fucked up of the three of us, most people who know us would pick me. And Which it is, is strange to me. Yeah, that's weird. I think I'm pretty well adjusted for how depressed I am. And my thing is, I think you're actually, yeah, you're pretty good. Like you get depressed, but like, it's not like you're a manic depressive who's always depressed. You probably get depressed every like two, three days, which is great. I mean, not great, but like better than a lot of people. I think it's lower than that even, to be honest. Hey, Juliana, why don't you rank the three of us from uh, least mentally healthy to most mentally healthy? This is a fun little game I have a lot of people play. (laughs) (laughs) This is this is a lot of pressure. I can't lie to you. Well, I think Jake's the, the most mentally healthy. I feel like so this is how I'm gonna do it. Like in the span of a week, like who would need the most help? I think I'm the least mentally healthy out of the three of us. I so I think it would be Jacob is the most, then Olivia, and then I'm the least mentally healthy. I think Correct. Olivia is the least mentally healthy. Yeah, you you're not you're not getting the inside stuff scoop. But I guess we're not getting the inside scoop on you all the time. Yeah. I mean we're talking about it, but you don't get to I see think- it. Yeah. I think if I spent as much time with you during this time, I might pick you. But because I spent all my time with Olivia, she's my easy pick. Mm-hmm. She's my first round pick for sure. Gotcha. She's like the LeBron James of anxiety. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucked. That's crazy. Yeah, I feel it's funny that like we started this podcast with you. Like you guys are just waking up and doing like mushroom tea. Like, and now we're carefree, just- cool girl. But I'm actually the most anxious, like insane about productivity and just trying to, you know. She yeah. can't even do mushrooms because of it. Yeah, I actually can't do mushrooms because of it's it. It's so funny. And yeah, that's I what, actually only like- smoke weed. I only smoke weed, Juliana, because I'm so intense. It's the only way I can calm down at night and be like, okay you're done getting things done you have to just calm down but I can't calm down so I have to smoke weed right well that's the thing that I guess is I hate saying this I guess a blessing and a curse at the same time because I mean there are people that are very successful in any industry that like don't have mental illness but I do think to a certain extent that having those control issues and having like OCD, especially about productivity is like a positive thing, especially in like the industry that we're in. Oh yeah. yeah, Totally. I think, I think it's a, it can be helpful in that way. I mean, like, I remember like you were talking about control issues and that's a huge thing for me. And I think that's part of the reason why I'm not in a relationship is because I'm scared that like, if I let go and like I, am in a relationship then that means I have to like let go of like comedy or like I have to let something go that is currently a constant in my life I even though that's not true I can attest that I'm probably one of the best things for Olivia's mental health I think and I think she's great for me too I think it's good to have another person because like you find someone who understands what you're going through and and also like just date a comic Julian it doesn't have to be a stand-up date like an improviser or something even though like 
you did talk about how you hate sketch and you don't respect it but you got to compromise somewhere it is nice to have someone like who a helps with what jacob is saying just like in general but also that we can like hang out and also be productive together yeah so it it doesn't feel like wasted not that the time spent with your partner is wasted but it is nice that i can spend quality time that is also productive with my partner olivia's coming over right after us to write a basement. Actually, we got to wrap this up soon because I think Ben wants yeah, to go see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Well, I mean, we are technically out of time. We've been talking for so long. Um, but anyway, I guess I'll just wrap it up with saying like, this is this is such a great episode. I love this. Yay! Thanks for Thank having us. I love learn something about somebody. Like, I, like we've been friends for a while and I, I'm shocked that I didn't know this about you already. Like, that's crazy. Well, I mean, it was in repression for most of the yeah. time. I feel we like playing. I didn't know she had it until the pandemic hit. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think I really knew. I think it like I made me. I didn't really clue in because I've never been diagnosed. Yeah. But then, like when it came back, and I'm like, oh yeah, I used to be insanely OCD when I was a kid. So yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, I mean, thank you for doing this. I, I'm glad that we yeah. could um, get together. I'm sorry about what I said about you guys doing psychedelic drugs. I mean, obviously. <laughs> I'm glad you think cool and fun. I think you I'm guys are lying. You're going to Jacobs right now to fucking drop acid and be scary. That's what's going to happen. Open your mind up, dude. I'll start meditating if you start doing mushrooms. Can you imagine me on mushrooms? You'd Holy enjoy God. it, dude. Mushrooms is so much fun. I'm not going to. I, I like, would start hallucinating the... to the point I would. I would shoot myself into another dimension. That's how. I think it could help. I think you're like, you're misinterpreting like what the experience of mushrooms is like. It, it actually is great for anxiety. Yeah. As someone totally who's been on mushrooms. You just have self-discoveries. It's great. And you laugh. And you just laugh and have fun. I think you would, it would be good for you. It's so much more fun than drinking. It's crazy. If I ever do mushrooms, you guys would With definitely us, be, you, it would definitely be with you guys for sure. Hey, since you're so safe. will abandon you. She'll take a small amount. You'll just be fucking wrecked on mushrooms. And she'll be just laughing and doing. <laughs> if you're comfortable with it, when we move in somewhere, you should come hang out with us. Cause we're very safe. We don't go around anyone. I would. I totally would. Uh, I'll wear a mask. And um, I'll, I can even get tested before I come over. I think that we should definitely. Whatever makes you comfortable and happy. I would love to see you. I miss you. I know I, I miss you guys so much. I haven't seen anybody like, especially now that cases are going back up again. I like, I haven't yeah. seen like my closest like family friend, like I at all. Yeah, dude, you gotta like, um, it's like, I know the pandemic is serious, but like think about the mental ramifications of all of this versus like the physical. It's like the physical obviously is terrible, but it's a lot less likely than the mental things you're going through. So like may wear a mask, hang out with people. Yeah, I know it's scary and you're anxious, but yeah. it'll help. Yeah, that's true. <coughs> okay, guys. Well, I guess we'll uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for doing it. Can we plug uh, our podcast? Yeah, of course. Plug it. I was gonna do it in the intro, but do you guys want to do? Oh it yeah, again? yeah. Never mind. Okay, well, it's it's called Second Podcast. We started at the same time as Juliana because we're extremely competitive with this fucking. Yeah, we're bitch. trying to take you down from the inside. We're trying to take you down <laughs> from the inside. Um. Second podcast, it's available on iTunes and uh, I think it's on Stitcher and it's on SoundCloud. I want to get it on some like, other things. It's a lot like this podcast. We talk about calm mostly. Mostly calm, but also mental health. Mental health and calm podcast. Check it out. <laughs> Fuck yeah. All right, guys. Well, yeah. I guess uh, I'll talk to you next time. We should do this more often. Let's do this again. Yeah, can we please? I would love to.